0: It's camp time and Brock Purdy stringing together a couple of good practices. Uh, Context important, though, when it comes to the quarterbacks. The one miss that Trey Lance has to fix and quarterback tears. What did coaches and executives have to say about Brock Purdy, where he ranks among NFL starters on today's Locked On 49ers? You are Locked On 49 ers Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you, as always, at Diddy Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker on the socials. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Shout out to the everydayers. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts so you don't miss these Winky Wednesday episodes we do weekly with our special guest. I will introduce for you all, uh, in a moment, I'm sure most of y'all know who he is. If you are an everydayer, today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked today to get started. And of course, being a Winky Wednesday means today's guest, our weekly guest, Mr. Nicholas Winkler, my former radio colleague. He's a former sports anchor, television, radio. Uh, he has been on every game show, that you can think of he won money he won his wife some shoes on the the showcase showdown that is one mr nicholas winkler thanks for joining the show once again today nick
1: hey you bet it was some oscar de la renta shoes i mean we're talking high end stuff here man
0: dude that's big time that that is big time the showcase showdown just getting up there and and spinning the wheel man that's uh
1: I spun, that's, i've spun the two most famous wheels man the wheel of fortune wheel and the price is the right wheel
0: that's right what'd you come home with from wheel of fortune
1: $11,000. Dang. Okay. Okay. And it was in 2000. So that was worth so much more back then.
0: Oh, dude, that was like $4 million in 2020. money.
1: <laughs> should have retired. I should have invested it properly. What was I thinking?
0: All right. Were you
2: nervous in that moment, right? Like just to yeah. not screw it up.
1: Oh man. It was, it was the most nervous I've ever been. Like as soon as the music starts playing, cause I was cool up until then. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. And then the crowd goes wild and, Pat steps up and it was just like hey, breathe. All right, That's breathe. I'm like 20 years old. I'm a kid, man. It, yeah, it was terrifying. Who's, who's more
0: intimidating? Vanna White or Barker's Beauties?
1: Dude, Vanna White, man. She's just legendary. She's just it was epic. She just had this aura about her. This is incredible.
0: That's awesome. All right. Um, we gotta talk training camp here. Brock Purdy putting together a couple of good practices. Uh, I, I will go through the box score because it exists, and uh, you know, depending on which beat rider you prefer to listen to, they might be off slightly depending on uh which throws they might have missed or or whatnot. But um, it's, it's looking like Brock Purdy's put together a couple of a good practices after there was you know, it was a little rough start for him coming back from that arm injury. Brock Purdy had 19 first team reps, eight of 10 passing, according to Matt Mayoko. Uh, Trey Lance, 12 reps, uh, in 11 on 11s. And he was four of six passing. Sam Darnold, only two of six passing. He had one fewer rep than Trey Lance did, splitting reps there with the second team. And then Brandon Allen, third team guy, nine reps in practice, uh, hitting all of them, four or four or five of five, depending on who you listen to amongst the 49ers beat writers that were in attendance. I was not in attendance there, so I cannot verify those numbers, Croc. But um, by all accounts, Brock Purdy had a pretty good day today. By, by, Almost all accounts, uh, and really by all accounts. But there, there's important context. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, Croc. So I'm going to give you the floor a little bit because I know that your report on Brock was fine, but you didn't rave about it as much as everybody else did from Monday's practice.
2: I think it all depends on what people are looking for. If you are just looking for completions from any of the guys, whether it's Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, or even Allen, then, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the completion percentages, great. I do kind of focus on some of the things that I feel like what would hurt the 49ers. Like that's the thing I look at most. And there's maybe not a whole lot you could take from training camp practices, especially from Brock Purdy, who, you know, we actually did see him live. We have talked about and other people have thrown out, hey, man, the interceptable passes. Can you cut down on that a little bit? And then he starts training camp. And, again, he's trying to get the rest off. In the midst of trying to get rest off, he's thrown some interceptions. matter of fact, he's the only quarterback so far to throw any interceptions and he's thrown multiple. And he's also thrown multiple interceptable passes. And then today that happened again where a couple passes hit guys in the chest. So uh, again, we watch him in the regular season. I don't think that this is a huge deal. My biggest thing is more so like, why is it happening? And, you know, some of the misses I saw the other day was an arm strength issue. Uh, is it a rust issue? And those are things we don't quite know how to attribute that to because, you know, last year, Nobody was really focused on Brock Purdy. He was more so in Allen's role, where he gets his reps. Allen today, four for four. Kyle probably really likes it. Nobody's paying much attention to it. They're focused on the other guys. Now you start focusing on him and see what kind of limitations he might have. Not so much say this is how he's going to play, but maybe teams start to get to the film and they notice these things as well, and they start to really dive into it and really start to think about how can we potentially attack him? What can we make him do to get make him uncomfortable? And then, you know, can we rattle him a little bit? Last year they couldn't. This year they're going fi- to try to figure that out. And I started to try to look for those things with all of these quarterbacks. And that's the one thing that kind of stood out to me. Again, the physical limitations. Can that hurt him down the line? Hasn't yet. Hopefully it never does. But – as he kind of continues to throw these interceptable passes, that's something to keep an eye on.
0: And uh, you you start to look, what what you're explaining starts to look a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo in my mind. Hmm. Right. Because that that's kind of, you know, Shanahan offense, um, maybe not making big down the field throws, uh, but making some good throws here and there. And then maybe too many interceptable balls. And and that's what Jimmy Garoppolo was. And the 49ers try to move on from, Um, and then, you know, injury is a factor there too. So, um, but it's important for Brock Purdy just to put to stack some good days, whether you know, just d- to not have a three of ten where it's just it looks awful. It's like oh my God, he looked terrible. come on and in wink, w- one of the great things of f- one of the great things for Brock Purdy and the 49ers that he was able to come back and everything went so great with his recovery that he was able to come back in four and a half months and start this portion of camp is he could work through everything. like yeah. what if this was the Like what if all of his practices so far were the week or two leading up to week one and he's cleared and it's like, all right, QB one. But then he was kind of struggling at the start and it's like, okay, he's not quite ready, not quite hitting his stride yet. So it's nice that he's, he's, he's having some of these good practices now. Um, But I mean, how important is it for him to work through this? Right? Because if he was cleared, he would have been the starter. If he was cleared the week before week one and, uh, that would have been pretty awkward if all of a sudden Kyle's like, "This doesn't look good." I'm going to go with uh, Lance or Darnold. Everybody would have been like, "Whoa, what's going on?" You know. Um, so, or going with, Brock Purdy, but he wasn't quite ready and, and hadn't had a chance to work through some things in camp.
1: Right. I think as a 49er fan, you're you're happy that he's getting this rust off and, and really just trying to get his timing down. Right. With these guys that he hasn't he hasn't seen in six months. Right. And this is you want that at the end of July and the beginning of August. You don't want that at the end of August and the beginning of September. So it is like you said, I think it's fantastic that he was able to come back a little bit earlier than anticipated. And he is able to get together with the guys and figure things out. And it's practice, right? There was a time where Jimmy, what, didn't he throw like seven interceptions at a practice or something a few years back? Like this stuff happens.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. This stuff happens, right? Where you're you're trying things new. You're you're practicing. You're going to try to force some things. And yes, an an incomplete pass that drops on the ground from a receiver's hand is much different than throwing an incomplete pass that was an interceptable ball. And you don't want to see that as a 49er fan. You don't want your quarterback turning the ball over, but you'd much rather see it right now on August 1st.
2: We have referenced Jimmy Garoppolo a couple of times so far in this pod. And I feel like when anyone, 49er fans or outsiders, hear Jimmy Garoppolo's name, there's like this negative context around it. And in my opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, m- mentioning him or comparing him to anyone or even Brock Purdy, comparing him to Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't see that as a negative. <laughs> right. I-, I got accused of defending, basically kind of getting emotional over how Trey Lance is being covered. And in my opinion, I mean, and I just don't, I don't understand it, right? Like, I'm like, why are people so hard on this guy? Like, I don't quite understand what they're talking about. It's same with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And I remember having to defend him a bit because I'm like, all this dude does is win a bunch of games. You can say that it's not him, it's the team around him, it's the run game, it's Kyle. But ultimately, anytime Jimmy Garoppolo was taking the field, I was extremely confident that the 49ers were going to win that game. And I think that we have a very similar confidence in Brock Purdy, a guy who has not lost the game that he has finished as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. So uh, when Peacock talks about similar uh, you know, ways that they win kind of the shorter throws over the middle, seeing some of those things, and uh, especially working that 10 to 20 yard range, which Brock Purdy did it better than like anyone mm-hmm. in, in ever in his starts. But they also potentially can lose the same way, and when I say lose, I just mean like lose the rep by maybe not seeing an underneath defender. And it's not just those guys we saw from Trey Lance in the Bears game where the underneath defender ended up picking that ball mm-hmm. off as well. So it might just be a Kyle Shanahan offense type thing where they're trying to play so much with timing, rhythm, and anticipation, back foot hits the ground, let me get the ball out. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, didn't quite count for that underneath defender right there. So uh, ultimately, I say all that to say, mentioning Jimmy Garoppolo, in the same sentence as Brock Purdy is not a negative. I think that that's really a confidence to him, especially with somebody who on top of the kind of Jimmy G win area type stuff, he also can make plays on the move. And I think that's where he has a, a step up on Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Yeah. Brock Purdy definitely was a playmaker last year for the 49ers, more of a playmaker than 100%. I even expected, which was, which is really fun to see. Okay. More on Purdy, uh, more on Trey Lance. There's a miss that he keeps missing that he has to stop. He's got to figure out as an NFL quarterback, and uh, what about Steve Welch's defense? Are we getting some keys on what that might look like next? Today's episode of Locked 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that first bet. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from money lines on major league baseball games or NFL games over unders uh, or who you think's going to hit the first home run. And by the way, there's a ton of ways to bet on NFL football, even though it is still not NFL season quite yet. And I know everyone's excited for it in that week one Pittsburgh Steelers 49ers game. Yeah, you can bet on it. Guess what? You can bet on every 49ers game this year. The lines are already up every week season awards who will win the Super Bowl over under win totals all on an app. That's safe. Secure. Super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And, uh, of course, it's so fun to be, bet Major League Baseball all summer long. Every single day, there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay. Um Trey Lance. Guys, I think he's having a pretty good camp. He, he's playing well. I, I liked what I saw from him in my one practice. I was there live Sunday. Uh, he's He's been practicing pretty well, according to most onlookers. Maybe not spectacular, making some big-time throws, uh, but missing some throws. And one of the misses, which happened again at Tuesday's practice, we saw it on Sunday rolling out. I think he did it again Monday. After practice Sunday, he went and worked on it and we saw him on the far field when everyone was done. He was working on this roll right? It's a simple throw. It's a, it's, a, it's a throw that happens so much in any version of West Coast offense, in, in, including Kyle Shanahan's like new school version coming from that West Coast tree, right? And rolling right, he missed, uh, it was George Kittle today. I think it was Devo Samuel on Sunday that we saw him miss. And then he went and worked on it after practice, and he's still missing it. It's an easy throw. You're rolling right. Like, that's a throw you got to hit. And I don't know why he's missing it. I don't have the slow mo, like, replay or the all 22 to go back and watch. And be like, oh, okay, he's just kind of like get weird with his footwork or whatever it is. But man, when it comes to like, we're talking about some of the big time throws he can make, he better start making the easy ones because that's what Brock Purdy's great at, right?
2: So when I, if I were to ask my guy Greg Penelli, like, hey, why is he missing this? He'll give you the technical answer, right, where it's, well, look how he stepped here. Then he kind of locks his hip mm-hmm. out. Then he has to kind of finish through with his arm, but his arm is pulling this way, and that's why the ball ends up selling on him. Like, not that That's not what he'll say, but it, it, it would sound something like that. So a lot of times it's this, like, little mechanical thing, and he might have a habit of doing something that is making it more difficult to make that throw, something that you would think you could just go, here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me just toss it to a guy, and you make the completion. And the funny thing is, I I'll do it right. I'll see him miss something like that, and I'm like, you know what? Let me let me try and see. is it that difficult? And I make it with ease. Now again, yeah. I, you know, I'm not running full <laughs> speed, you know, but in my head, I'm like, how does he missed it? He did that in the uh, Texans game, the preseason game, rolling out to his right, and he had to kind of throw. Kind of across his body, but almost straight on. It's like he's moving towards right, but yeah, like I and he like one hopped it to a guy. I'm like, is that difficult? So let me try it. i what? Like, it's not that <laughs> difficult. So yeah, it's the it's the easy ones like that that he has missed. I, I guess yeah. you know I talked about the interceptable balls that Brock Purdy has thrown, and I don't know if you do you say, hey, well, he might have a weird miss, but he's not having interceptable balls, and then he's doing everything else right So, like how do you how do you kind of balance that out
1: i think you just hope that it's not a mental thing right where it's like remember chuck knoblock second baseman where he just all of a sudden couldn't throw to first base anymore like it's just this weird block all of a sudden where maybe he just he's overthinking the simplest of routes and being like oh i missed this last time i really better make sure i get it this time and then he sails it but like you said it's much better to miss on an easy throw like that into the ground or to where nobody is than missing, throwing it to a defender. So you mentioned Trey Lance getting a lot more criticism and it's got to come with the territory, right? I mean, it's got to come with the fact that the 49ers gave up so much form. There was so much hype and so much belief in like, wow, here we go. The Niners really believe in this guy. Like he's going to be the next big thing for the 49ers. So, of course, everything this guy does is going to be under a microscope, right? It's just everything's going to be picked apart little by little by little and tear this guy apart I- until hopefully he figures it out, right? Like little things like this. Like you hope that by mentioning it over and over, oh, he can't get this little easy rollout pass. That, and he'll he'll be like, no, no, I got that now. And then that'll be the final thing, and it'll all click. And as a 49er fan, then you've got Trey Lynch. You've got, you got what we expected when the 49ers gave up so much to get this guy.
2: Well, the crazy thing, I mean, we've seen him hit it. The issue is yeah. he misses it more than other people.
1: Right. So that's the, that's that the I problem. Think. Yeah.
2: Right? Like, uh, you know, he threw a touchdown to Elijah Mitchell in the flat, thinking that Texans regular season game. Right. So, like, he's booting out right, throws it to Elijah Mitchell, hits him, and he, he goes in runs in for a touchdown. So it's like he has done it, but mm. you can't miss it. And I think that, like, that's yeah. the issue with it. And that's yeah. what I would be critical of. Like, if I'm Kyle Shannon, it's like, dude, just make the F and throw.
0: Like, that's, probably <laughs> that's probably pretty close to, to That's 100 percent And the other thing is Kyle you're an athletic it. quarterback. That's those are the one like, that's why you're valuable as an athletic quarterback, getting you yes. on the move and, and making plays and making throws. So you you gotta be able to make that throw. And I don't know what it is or, or why it is, but you know, we've seen it multiple times in camp already. He's working on it after practice and still can't hit it. That's it's kind of a problem. You,
2: practice, you know the crazy thing when you worked on it in practice, because I, I watched him work on it after the practice. Mm-hmm. He made, he made the throw every single time.
0: <laughs> Maybe it is dude. And we saw it with, with we, we, he was mic'd up. Sam Darnold was talking about seeing ghosts. That happens. Like there's mm-hmm. a playing quarterback is not simple. And there's so much thrown at you. And all of a sudden, the easy thing that you should that, that shouldn't be messing you up is messing you up because you're worried about everything else. And so um
2: well, you better stop missing on the easy because yeah. you got Sam Darnold, who uh, by all reports did not have a great day today, mm-hmm. but Throughout training camp, he's been maybe even the Mm -hmm. most consistent quarterback uh, that's been out there. And he looked good when Peacock and I were there. We talked about that, him probably having the best day. The next day, I thought Trey Lance had a better day on um, Monday, I believe it was. But Sam Darnold still had a good day as well. So uh, he's been consistent with that. I think this was his worst day. But he's typically the the gimme's. He's making all of those throws.
0: Uh, One of the other notes. Two, the the context part of things, Croc, and, and we saw it Sunday, and I know you mentioned it Monday because uh, that was one of, that was like the first good practice for for Brock Purdy Monday, and um, one is checkdowns, and two is plays that you're sacked on, but when you're looking at this, you know, this box score of practice, you're still getting credit for, for completing a pass when it would have clearly been right. a sack. Right, and so th- I would like to see that more from some of the because that was context you gave that I didn't really see from anybody that was at practice on Monday, Croc. I
2: didn't see it until I read what KP shout out to my guy Kyle Posey. Uh, you know he had mentioned it in a in a write up, and I and at first I thought I was going crazy, and I'm seeing, you know, I'm like, man, am I taking crazy pills? Am I the only one that's seeing this stuff? And then I read his uh, write up, and I'm like, oh, there we go. Okay, so I'm not the only one that's seeing things that are notable. Not saying that it's the end all be all, but then he came back today where all you hear about is man Brock Purdy. Well, there are a couple people. You got you got Grant Cohn, but I'm not going to reference Grant Cohn because
1: <laughs>
2: Grant. It, it he not has saying a different he, way about it. No, he Grant is pushing for something. Yeah, you know, specific. So he I'm not going to Reference what he said, but Kyle Posey. You know, Kyle, he doesn't, you know, go up or down with any of his analysis on anything. And he pointed out today, you know, some of the issues with Brock Purdy, where everybody else like, oh, man, great practice, That's his best practice. He said, nah, not, not his best practice. Now, Grant, as well, Grant was like, this was, it was bad. Like, I'm so worried. <laughs> but Grant, you know, we, we know Grant can be a little...
0: Yeah. He said that about We Purdy. love Grant.
2: What? Wait, what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said, he... The thing that it looks like he's focusing in on the most is he has these limitations and they're starting to show up. And and that's what he was more focused on. So while everybody else is looking, oh man, he hit this check down, he hit this check down, like look at this, you know, and obviously like me, we have seen him throw the ball down. to he threw a beautiful seam uh pass to uh Christian McCaffrey yesterday. But just things where maybe his feet aren't one hundred percent underneath him or if he has kind of pressure on his face, uh you know, having to use a little bit more arm strength, what does it look like? And again, this is not me. This is what Grant is more focused on with things that potentially can happen. So I think there are a lot of people, me included, just figuring out what he's going to be this year. Is he going to be exactly what we saw yesterday and play at that really elite level for an entire season? Or are there some things that start to show up that we thought might? And maybe mm-hmm. why he was a 7th? Round pick, last pick in the draft, or does none of that matter? And he's just going to continue to ball out like what we saw. And obviously, we would love for him to continue to ball out. Yeah. But you have to kind of pay attention to things that may potentially be some kind of a red flag, especially if it's a, a physical limitation type thing, because those things are a little bit harder
1: to overcome. And as a Niner fan, like I'm sure I'm speaking for everybody out there, like we want everything. We want to hear it every, all the good, all the bad, all the suspect, oh, yeah. all the drops. I want everything I want. I'm I'm on Twitter constantly. Just like 49ers. Like what, what else, what else can I read? What else can I, you know, anything that can be said about the 49ers practices that we're not able to see, we want to hear about. So keep it coming crack. I love it.
0: Absolutely. Context important with all of it. And uh, these quarterbacks all have an opportunity, especially Trey and, and now Brock Purdy, who's practiced even less this off season able to knock off the rust. And so when you get to those, Joint practices with the Raiders, that's when it gets real. Preseason games, that's when it gets real. And, and then I think we can really start to you know, hold their hands to the fire and trust what we see with these quarterbacks. And, um, It's going to be a lot of fun. What do opposing executives and coaches say about Brock Purdy? Where does he rank amongst the quarterbacks in the starting quarterback tiers, according to those folks? And uh, we're getting clues about Steve Wilkes' defense next. Today's episode of... Lockdown 49ers, appreciate everybody out there for uh, making us your first listen on Lockdown 49ers here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right, before we get to the QB tiers, one of, so the the best throw of the day was Brock Purdy over the shoulder, corner, end zone, touchdown, pass. Uh, But he did throw one and split the nine and the five of Drake Jackson and Drake, Drake Jackson's dropping into coverage. We saw it on Sunday. Crock Jackson, defensive end dropping into coverage. Curious. Why is Drake Jackson running 30 yards down the field outside the numbers with Elijah Mitchell and making a play on the football. Right. Uh, And it it happened today and he didn't catch the interception, the interceptable pass. Um, But after Sunday's practice, when the quarterbacks had a really good day, and you know, the first question of Kyle Shanahan was like, Oh, why did the quarterbacks play so well today? Because they had really bad practice. Remember the practice prior to Sunday when we were there? Right. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's answer was, Oh, there was some coverage bust and there was a lot more space because we were blitzing a lot more today. And basically, it's Kyle like, Kyle doesn't like blitzing. He doesn't want to blitz. It sounds like Steve Wilkes kind of does because there's been a, a lot of blitzing in practice and we saw it again today. We're seeing defensive linemen drop back into coverage. Uh, I wonder if there might be a little bit of a. Uh, I I don't want to say that the defensive coordinator and the head coach might butt heads eventually, but it was the first thing that Steve Wilkes brought up being aggressive, uh, sending people after the quarterback and blitzing. He brought it up the first two times he ever talked to the media. Kyle Shanahan was talking about how he hired Steve Wilkes because he didn't have to change his defense because he wants to get home with four guys because he wants to be able to cover on the back end. Now this is practice and they're probably just working on everything, but I don't know, Steve Wilkes. I just feel like, man, he wants to blitz. We're seeing it in practice. We're, we're hearing it out of his mouth as well.
2: I like it, man. Bring on some more of that fire zone defense right there, where mm-hmm. you know you drop it in, but you bring pressure off the other side, and you know you potentially confuse some of these offensive linemen. 49ers have some moving pieces there. McKivitz now a full time starter. You know Burford now a full time starter. So can we confuse those guys a little bit and generate some pressure? So it looks like they're, they're they're trying to do that now. Kyle's thinking, well, if you're going to just be doing that, then why the heck did we pay Hargraves ninety million dollars?
0: We pay him to cover guys, that's for sure. Right. Well,
2: we we didn't pay him to work for you to bring all these other guys and drop some of the other guys in coverage. Man, rush that yep. four with our Hargraves and Armstead and Jackson and Bosa, and drop more guys in the coverage. That's what the, that's what it's there for.
1: No, and post- we know we're gonna see. Yeah, no Bosa, so it's different, right? It's just that they, they got to do something without Nick Bosa out there. So I think they're the trying new stuff. things. Like, how? Yeah, how are we, would we play a game if we didn't have Nick Bosa out there? Well, obviously, we're gonna drop Drake Jackson into coverage. I mean, obviously, yeah, of course, <laughs> blitz, blitz, blitz. Because you're not gonna, yeah, you're just not gonna get home with four as easily without Nick Bosa out there. So you gotta make preparations. Plus, he can't play every single snap. So I love blitzing. I, and I love you know when you can get home with four. Like I, I just I want to see what the the twist. That Wilkes does with his defense, right? Because you know he's going to put his own little turn on it. He's going to put his own little flavor on it. So I'm really interested to see how he does this when the regular season starts. It's fun to watch this in, in practice, though.
2: Well, technically, it's not a blitz if you only send four. So if, that's true. If you have Jackson dropping off in coverage, yes, you, you're sending a, a nickel or a backer, but it's not technically a blitz. They call it a sub- supplemental pressure. Gosh, I can't think of the words. It's been a while, y'all. My bad. It's been a while, but it's it's some kind of it's not a blitz. It's just a pressure because you're still only sending four. You're just dropping right. uh, a guy somewhere else into coverage.
0: Crock, you ever I get a five? Blitz? Ooh.
2: No, no sacks. I
0: don't no, think I thing. ever
2: got a sack. I did do some. I uh, ah, see that's not a sack, though. Nope, no sack.
0: Well, look, you can't be everything. You can't be handsome, an amazing podcaster, have pure hands, and be really probably should have been a quarterback all this time, seeing your your quarterback pro day. Or a and receiver. A kicker. Yeah, so and a kicker. Yeah, yeah. had yeah. a pass rusher to that. Yeah, kicking in crocs, by the sport way. Sport mode, let's go. Yeah, did you make a 35-yarder in sport mode crocs?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got that. I'm banging that through. Maybe not as good as the kid I know we're going to get to the kickers, but whoo. We're we're talking a lot about the competition that's not a competition at the quarterback position. The kicking position
0: is not a competition, but those guys are kind (laughs) of booming. They're booming those things. I think it was the first miss by any kicker in practice, Moody didn't kick when we were there Sunday. It was Zane Gonzalez. He hit all three. Next day, Zane, I don't think, kicked, and, and Moody hit all three. And then today, I think Moody kicked like six attempts and hit five of those. So, I mean, they're on fire. And look, this is this is probably as much of a sham competition as, uh, as the quarterback one is, and more so because if Moody's good, he's got the job. And no matter Easy. what, Zane Gonzalez can hit every single kick. As long as Moody's not terrible, it's his job.
1: Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And Wishnowski's back at practice. I got the, the Winx Wish watch out there. You know, so everybody don't worry. The that that back issue is not a problem. We got Wisnowski. He's he's at full force, ready to go.
0: Yeah, they didn't even try to bring in a, a punter. They're just like, you know what? We're nah. not gonna worry about it. We're gonna have the uh will be fine. We're gonna have the jugs machine throw some punts out there to uh to our returners and, and we're not worried about it. Brock Purdy. A tier four quarterback in the NFL, guys, according to the 50 coaches and executives that were polled by Mike Sando of The Athletic. Uh, But surprisingly, he had quite a few. I mean, I guess not surprisingly. um, He did have a lot of tier three votes, but he did have one tier two vote, which I have a feeling was Kyle Shanahan, right? Uh, I hear it was Kyle Shanahan. I think we already got confirmation on that, in fact, that it was Kyle Shanahan for the tier two vote. So we throw that one out. The other four. Wait, 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 wait.
2: That is not a detail to skip over and i't think you just said it
0: out loud what was, vote, what was this vote on on trey and sam that's what i want to know
2: right right so so again you everybody's been wrapping their brain about the quarterback position and how Kyle and they're dissecting certain words and i've been like oh, everything he's telling me like Brock's his guy and then now you you say you know that and when i said it out loud i'm like that's not something to skip over like that shows you the level hey i think he is a tier two because yep. i don't know who's in tier one but I'm assuming this guy's like Mahomes and Josh Allen or whoever else. So in tier two, I mean, that's tier three is usually guys like the Jimmy G's and, and the car. So he's like, no, he's better than those guys.
0: So here uh, Jimmy G is tier three. He's number Mm -hmm. 18 overall. Um, And I wonder if Kyle gave him a tier two as well, because now we know that Kyle voted on all these quarterbacks. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you should count their own coaches in these, Blanky, that means everybody I mean, these outliers on some of the quarterbacks you're like who's who voted this guy tier one like oh, okay it's probably his own coach um, i like get the high and the low yeah. and they cancel each other out so the tier ones were mahomes burrow allen aaron Rodgers, justin herbert in that order then the top of tier two was hurts jackson lawrence and then you know probably some of the names you would expect Kirk cousins got into tier two the final tier two guy at 12 Ooh. And tier three was pretty large, 13 to 23. Brock Purdy was the first tier four quarterback. He was 24 overall amongst the 30 quarterbacks. They didn't count rookies either. Um, so of the 30 starters that they counted, Brock Purdy 24th on that list. Hard to, you know, I, I'm not even looking at the ranking. It's hard to, but I want to go to the quotes here, guys. And I don't think either one of these quotes yeah. is from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, one of them said this quote, when I looked at him, I thought he was a four, fourth tier. But when you watch the kid play, he is an absolute gamer. He has the intangibles, the moxie, the want to, the leadership. So that's -hmm. a a pretty glowing uh, uh, remark from a coach that maybe thought he was a four, but maybe put him in tier three because he had all of this other stuff going for him. And I think that's part of what makes Brock Purdy is he does play up, right? He's like, Yeah. yeah, he's a this tier. Actually, you know what? When it's going and he's playmaking, he he plays a tier up, right? Plays two. Yeah, you tiers. can't
1: argue anything that that coach said. That's all accurate yeah, right. based on well, the I,
2: film I and what say, we've seen. I would say Kyle would say, yeah, he plays two tiers above that coach.
1: Yeah, There
0: right. you go. Yeah. Well, that's where Kyle has him. So uh, tier two. And then the other quote was, which is a little, which is very interesting, and it's the one that's getting the most pub. Was quote, "You put him on any other team, and they lose more than half the games." Ooh. This was a defensive coach that said it. They Any other the best they got the best rushing offense. They got the best, or they got the top defense. He doesn't make mistakes, and he makes some plays with his legs. He gets the ball out. Good for him. This is kind of like a, this. Is, and what's funny that is, is when you go through this. The uh, the execs when they speak, they talk a certain way. When the defensive coaches. Uh, especially, uh, even more so than the offensive coaches, when the defenses talk, they sound salty, they sound angry, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. all sound like they're 60 years old, uh, which is hilarious. And obviously, they all aren't 60 years old. So, um, But that, it was like, uh, <laughs> this one, I don't, the good for him part was just like the saltiness <laughs> of that play.
2: Mark yeah, Brady must have beat them last year, whoever that yeah, defensive yeah, coach is.
0: Yeah, 100%.
2: Think about the defensive coaches around the league and just how they talk right? And they are very, matter of fact, straight to the point with everything. They don't kind of BS you. Unless you had uh, probably Rex Ryan. He likes to have fun with guys, but most of them they're just like, ah, nah, there's anything special, right? So if I had to guess, putting on my little tinfoil hat, Dan Quinn? Oh. <laughs> I think you nailed
1: it. I that's it. I think that's because nice. you
2: lost, right? Like you lost. Yeah, you right. lo- Mark Purdy played. You lost. So he's salty. But Cowboys defense did a really good job against. So he's thinking, like, yeah. dude, we did this. He threw interceptable pass. He had the he had uh, uh digs in the hands, but we dropped the ball and this and that. And I mean they've scored 19 points, but you know, their their defense was the one taking the ball away he several times. Now I that bet it's
0: Dan it, Quinn. Crock, I don't think it is Dan Quinn because this coach said he doesn't make mistakes. Oh if it was Dan Quinn, he would have said, uh, he made more mistakes than they got than, away with. Yeah, that he got away with, right? So maybe it's a different coach that, that he beat. Hmm. Seahawks. Definitely someone he beat. Yeah.
1: Now,
2: now, this is why it could be the Seahawks.
0: Okay.
1: The, All right. Think
2: of the games. Think of the two games he played against Seahawks, right? First game, uh, you played in Seattle with hold broken on, hold ribs.
0: On. Hold on. My bad. I I read this wrong. It was actually an offensive coach. It wasn't a defensive coach on this mm. quote. This one was from an offensive coach.
2: Ooh, wow! Now, now he's Great, really salty, amazing. and I have no yeah. idea
0: who that is. Ultimate salt,
2: unless is this Seahawks' offensive coordinator? <laughs> Whoever that is? <laughs> yeah, like, Division you, rival
1: for sure. Yeah, if you that.
2: watch him against the Seahawks, and I know like statistic, statistically, especially in the playoff game, it, like looks crazy. But if you're an offensive coach and you're looking at some of the players, where you're like, man, I wish my guys did this work. Man, I wish that you know we were able to do some of this. The first game, again, we talked about it, broken coverage. Who's wide open? Uh, George Kittle catches it, runs another 50 yards to the end zone. The only other touchdown for the 49ers was the uh, fake screen, fake screen. Kittle's wide open. He catches it. He runs to the end zone. And then, remember, the 49ers also had that interception that they ran all the way uh, to the two-yard line or fumble. They picked up a fumble, ran into the two-yard mm-hmm. line. And then the other near score, but they, I think they nailed it out. Jordan Mason, big run to the two-yard line or whatever it was, right? So, right there, if I'm a coach, I could see how, man, these guys helped him. Now, we know he played He's with broken
1: ribs. not that ribs. good.
2: Like, he played with broken ribs. So, you come on, you got to give it to him. Yeah, but in the playoff awesome. game, if I, I saw the, the throw to Jennings and you could see his stats, and that's like the start of the fourth quarter, it wasn't great. Like, if you just looked at that, it was like below 50%. Wasn't a bunch of yards. Then he hit that throw. Then he had Debo Samuel uh, catch that you know ten yard ball and then take it seventy five yards. So if the Seahawks' offensive coordinator is standing on the sideline and he's watching that and he's looking at LA like these guys, like look what they're look what they're doing. But he never turned the ball over against Seattle. He right. did hit Diggs in the chest on the post. Uh, he didn't. He came down and Diggs just dropped it in the middle of the field. But he, I don't think he turned the ball over in in, the, in any of those games. So if there is a salty offensive guy, maybe this Seahawks.
0: Yeah. It's definitely I salty. Did, hey, you know what? Good for him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Good
1: for him. Is, I love that. Good for him. I'm going to start using that anytime I'm salty <laughs> at anybody.
2: Oh, yeah. We'll gonna start saying him. that to people on Twitter. Crockett, good for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I'm just going to say him.
2: That's going to really confuse.
0: Yep. Uh, Wake, you had a story that you that you wanted to tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I was back in the 209 over the weekend and uh for a celebration of life a buddy of mine, um just just real quick guys. Yeah, if anybody out there struggling with anything, if feel free to reach out to me, to anybody you love or know. You know, sometimes the strongest people, you know, need need the most help or just need help period. And uh so I'm at, I'm at his his celebration of life and uh after everybody said all the nice things about him, I went up and talked to his sister and was just like, oh my God, you know, giving her a hug. And you know, I'm so sorry for your loss, this and that. And she's like, thank you so much, Wink. Hey, love the podcast. Who's going to be the Niners number one? And I'm just like, oh my God, like, this is awesome. Like the fact that the 49ers could be like this moment that she could take out, right? From this, probably one of the toughest days of her life. And she wants to talk about the 49ers. Like, that's awesome. So we talked and talked and talked and we hugged. And it was just like a, a moment where we both just kind of looked at each other, took a deep breath, and then it was like, okay, now we're going to go back into this difficult situation. But it's like, yeah. I, that's what I love about sports and why I love about the 49ers so much. It's something to look forward to. It's something we can all talk about. It's something we're all passionate about. We all love, man. And and to me, that's what that's what sports and, and the 49ers just means means to me, and I hope it means the same to you guys out there. Awesome stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And the DMs are open at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker at Bay Area you Wink, and uh, we appreciate the everydayers. Hopefully, uh, we are that little escape for you in your life when you need it as well. Uh, thanks, everybody. For this- yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I, back tomorrow. Locked On 49ers. See you.